Hi everyone, welcome to episode 18 of DevOps Squared. Um, so following on from the conversation uh, a few weeks ago now uh, about DevOps on Azure, um, I thought it would be good to uh, talk about one of the other major cloud uh, providers as well, AWS. So this week we are talking about DevOps on AWS and I'm uh, very pleased this week to be uh, joined by fellow DevOps ambassador uh, with the DevOps Institute, Nadim Augustine, who is the head of DevOps at Old Mutual Limited. So first of all, before we get into the conversation today, um, Nadim, thank you very much for joining. And if you would just like to give us a quick introduction about yourself. Yeah, sure. Um, thanks, Martin, for having me. Um, I'm, I'm Nadim. Um, I'm the head of uh, DevOps at um, All Mutual South Africa. We, um, the role that I play at the moment is um, we look at the end-to-end -end DevOps um, rollout across the organization um, for All Mutual. Um, this is why I started the DevOps COE in the All Mutual, and now we're expanding that across uh, not just South Africa, but the African countries as well as into London and all our counterparts that we have across the, um, the other areas of All Mutual um, across the world. Okay, great. Well, thanks very uh, much for that. Um, so I just want to, just before we get into it, actually, I just want to pick up on, on one of the things you mentioned uh, then in your introduction. So you say a lot of the work you're doing is around starting uh, a centre of excellence around DevOps at Old Mutual. Um, how, I, I guess, first of all, how far into that process are you? And, and what was it like beforehand? You know, what, how have you got to be where you are today and what sort of progress has been made? Yeah, so, I mean, I've started with All Mutual roughly about um, 10 months ago, give or take. And I mean, prior to that, there were, you know, pieces of people doing some sort of automation, you know, by a Python script, by a JavaScript, by a Bash script, depending on what's being run, you know. So when I came on board, the idea for me was to um, look at it overall and collectively create an environment that we now, you know, are moving in the direction of continuously improving, continuously delivering. Um, you know, before, before that, I mean, we still, some areas are still in the point where they're delivering products every six months, eight months, you know, down to a year. You know, so we're slowly changing that format from a waterfall approach into a agile approach, you know. And where DevOps comes, you know, well in place is because we set the tone early, um, you know, and we shift all the complexity left, um, as part of the COE, we now put down our governance, our process model, um, you know, our guidelines in terms of when we onboard a new unit, these are the processes that you need to do. So if you don't look, if you don't have a um, defined process, we'll define one for you. Um, you know, if you don't have areas in your in, in your or people in your area that have the necessary skills we will then assist you with that um, across the organization as well so up to date um, you know it's been quite a journey because we had to um, you know build a team i had to get to a point that everybody understood what devops is so i did some of the training myself across the organization um, you know late nights getting people to understand what things are, how it's going to fit together, how we're going to change the business, how we're going to be delivering faster. We're creating environments that are safe, you know, even though we can fail, but we are creating environments that are safe, you know, and that sort of took shape as things went along. And I mean, up to date now, um, we have, um, you know, 
probably about 40% of the business in, in the DevOps direction, um, you know, where we've automated a lot of the work. Um, we've um, cut down a lot of the processes as well. We've created collaboration. We've created the transparency across the teams, you know. So people are actually talking to each other now and not just within its own team, but also across the business. And hence why, you know, the, the need for the COE came about because we created that function um, for us to now roll this out across the organization because they've seen the benefits that it has in the other areas. Mm. Um, you know, so it's created quite an impact. Um, and what they're seeing from that impact is the value that we're getting from it, you know. So even though we are running in lean teams um, in some of the areas, but we're delivering, you know, two, three times faster than we originally did. You know? So the idea for the COE was based on that we need to now get the business in this direction um, and grow the organization into this way of working. Hmm. Okay, that's really interesting. Well, you know, it sounds like there's been a lot of um, really good progress made there. So, so I guess first of all, uh, I know you said you've never been in the, the world time months, uh, but congratulations on the progress so far. It sounds like it's uh, uh, going really well. So, all, all the best for carrying on in in the future. Oh, thank you, thank you, Martin. I appreciate that. Okay, it's not easy. It's it is not. <laughs> uh, you, you know that as well. <laughs> it's yeah. not easy, especially when you know when you're working with people that have been there for 30 years in the business. Having to change their mindset is the most important thing. You know, so if you mm-hmm. can't change someone's mindset, a tool is not going to make a difference. Yeah. No. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So. It's about just embedding the mindset and the culture shift, you know, and that's where I think I've got it right because I started with what the actual value is this uh, DevOps will bring to the organization rather than just doing it um, and then getting people to adapt, you know. So I build it with the people um, so they understand exactly what's coming. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, that that kind of goes back a little bit to what I was talking about with uh, guests last week, actually, where we were saying, you know, you you can't outsource culture, uh, and I think the same with some yeah. additional stuff that you you've said on there as well. You know, you when it comes to highlighting the real value of DevOps to your organisation, or or if you're in uh, my position working for a consultancy company, you're making sure that you highlight the business value of DevOps to your um, your customers is something that that is different per implementation, and again, it's something that you can't. You can't outsource the, the value. You can't buy off the shelves. Uh, exactly yes. the same as culture. Um, you know, it's, and, and I think that's where people people go wrong sometimes is they just assume that this is stuff that you can do straight off off the shelf. And you know, I'll have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We'll mix it together. We'll add our own organisation's flair to it, and, and off you go. But you know, as you've highlighted there, it's far from the case. Yeah, that, that, that's true. I mean, the thing is, you know, if you are a startup and you are fresh from the ground with no processes, then out of the box will work for you. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you are an organization that's been running for a couple of years and have the processes, you know, the, the waterfall way of working, you know, as an example embedded in you, how do you change that, you know, as a start? Because people are used to and comfortable in the way they're working. So now that you are disrupting, you know, it makes people uncomfortable. And I think it's just making sure that their mind is at ease, you know, that they have a part in the way forward. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. It's, it's, you know, it's very good way of putting that. And I think, I think the, 
you know, the more, the more people uh, that come on and, and say stuff like this, I think is a really powerful message to anyone that's looking to implement DevOps. Is so there's there's things you need to think about, and there are things that you shouldn't really do first. And uh, you know, this this is the way people need to think about it. So yeah, um, so yeah, thank you for that. So it's again really interesting insights into uh what you're doing there at old uh, mutual so let's um let's let's go a bit deeper into our uh topic this week then so um f- first question i want to kick off with is is what i uh, ask everyone that comes in first up uh, which is what does devops mean to you so for me I, 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 there's always a line that i use and, and i use it a lot in my presentations as well um you know so for me, it's creating a culture where people, I think regardless of title or background, you know, we always work together to imagine, develop, um, as well as deploy and operate. Right? What this means for me is that we're creating an environment that's always in the motion that they're collaborating. Um, you know, there's transparency, there's um, communication. And I think having those three factors built in and embedded as a mindset and a shift, you know, is, is what DevOps is, because if you don't have that, um, you know, your tooling isn't going to make any any difference. You know, um, people will still be in, in a point of working the old way. You know, so if you don't have that communication, that collaboration, and transparency, then you know it's not DevOps. Um, and for me, that's why those three key points are, are important when framing a DevOps. Um, be it a, a DevOps COE or a, or a DevOps team in that case. Yeah, this is a great point there. And I think, you know, one of the things that immediately jumps out about what you said there is, um, you know, in alignment with what a lot of people come on uh, to the podcast and, and, and don't say, actually, it's more what you didn't say than what you did say, is there's no actual mention of technology in what, what DevOps means to you. It's very much about, um, like I was just saying, it's very much about the, the cultural way of working. It's very much around getting people to collaborate with each other. Um, it's very yeah. much around making sure that we communicate better with each other. Uh, and there's actually, you know, very little to do with technology in the early stages. Correct, yes. I mean, for, for me, is, I mean, having been doing this for the past couple of years, you know, it's, um, I mean, I've got a, an operational hat on that I come from, right? Um, operational architecture and, um, Understanding those aspects and how things fit together is very important because, you know, tools play an important part. But if you don't have the right skills, the right knowledge, you know, the right understanding and the way to go about it, you know, a tool is not going to make a difference because if you can't change the mind of how people are interacting with the tool, then the tool is useless, you know. It's it's a it's a saying of you know taking the the horse to the water and trying to make it drink, you know it's never going to drink if you don't have that vision up front. You know create the vision, create the transparency, um, let people see what it is that you are bringing to the the, the value that you bring to the table. You know, um, and that already will then keep people in, you know, keep their minds open and they say okay, you know, let's go with a clear mind and open mind and say okay, let's give it a chance. You know, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's what that's what I always try and create in all the environments that I'm in. You know, it's always first the first approach is um, let's understand, let's get people on the same page, and then let's start rolling out. You know, let's start understanding what the processes are. Let's build the processes. You know, let's build um, the governance around it, and then let's bring in the tools to support that. Because once we have that governed, then the tools is easy to slot in because it's a matter of okay, here's the tools now. The processes and practices are done. Um, you know, 
be as your tools. You can you can use this. Yeah, definitely. I, I completely, I completely agree. And you know, with that, it's it's kind of ironic we've talked about that actually because. Um, with that, we, we actually move on to talk about technology. Is <laughs> um, <laughs> in uh, you know De- DevOps on AWS, so Amazon Web Services for for those people that, that may not be familiar with the terminology AWS. Um, so um, Amazon's cloud uh, offering, effectively, um, so, so themselves and Microsoft, we're in Microsoft actually very similar platforms. Um, yeah. You know, organizations around the world. Use one platform or another. Uh, me, me, myself, I, I'm, I'm, you know, very much in the Azure space and, and have been, you know, most of my uh, career and, and since, um, you know, Microsoft come up with Azure, I've been into uh, that and seen it evolve. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, very much aware of what AWS can do. The company I work for actually has a, an, a, you know, an AWS equivalent uh, of what we do as a organization in the uh, Azure team. So, yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always intrigued, um, by how, how the platforms, um, you, you know, kind of step each other really. I think if you think back to, uh, the hypervisor days of, of VMware, uh, <laughs> and Hyper-V, they were always yep. one step, um, up the ladder with each other. You know, it kind of feels like the same. Now you, you know, most people are comfortable with one and, and are generally aware of the, the other, um, which is definitely where, where I sit. So, you know, very, very much looking forward to, <laughs> I guess, learning a bit more, hopefully, um, as well. So, it, you know, I just, I sort of start, um, like I did in the, the Azure discussion, really, we talked about a lot of the native tooling that's available, um, on Azure to, to achieve or, or to help support DevOps. Um, yeah. but what, what tools are available natively in AWS when it comes to, to DevOps, you know, I've heard of uh, tools like Code Pipeline and, and Code Build, but I know there's quite a few as well. So can you just give, you know, a quick overview of the stack and, and let us know a little bit about what each one does? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think, I mean, from a from a DevOps perspective and what we're aiming for, I mean, we're always aiming for a, um, you know, continuous deployment, continuous integration environment um, that we're using. You know, you've got the tools from AWS Code Pipeline, like you mentioned, the, the Code Build, as well as Code Deploy and Code Start. And I mean, these these are just your your high level, um, you know, tools that you could use that are built in um, that gives you a, an, an opportunity. So if we have to give a high level overview, um, so AWS Code Pipeline, you know, is as a continuous integration. Um, and continuous delivery service. You know, that's what the tool is used for. Um, you know, so your code pipeline builds, your tests and deploys, your code every time that there's a code change, um, you know, which code pipeline handles. Um, if we look at code build as an example, code build is a fully, fully managed build service you know, that compiles the source code um, as well as runs it. Right? Um, so I think these these native tools that are built in are actually easy and simple to use. You know, so it gives you the guidelines, it gives you the the um, in the instructions how to do it. You know, even if you're a beginner, you know, it's quite simple in terms of using it. Um, you know, as long as you've got the basic understanding of um, what a pipeline does, what a code repository is, or where your source repository is, you know, then you've got a good good starting point as well. Um, I mean, if we look at you know deployment. Uh, the automation deployment, we look at AWS code deploy. Um, I mean, 
this automates the code and, and deploys it to any any instance, you know, um, depending on on-prem or off-prem. I mean, in some cases, EC2, which is um, the container environment that um, AWS makes use of. All right. So I think it's 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 good to understand also, you know, what are our benefits as well as you know the stuff that we don't get from from the pipelines itself. You know, so there's um, I know one of the things if we look at is um, project management, you know, and a good thing that even AWS themselves has mentioned is, um, you know, Jira from a Scrum Kanban way of, uh, work, way of working, which is a good thing for them um, that they've built it into the actual um, store for them as well. So you can actually do, um, purchase it directly through, have your instance running up in a matter of, couple, in, in a matter of minutes, you know. So those are things that, you know, we look at from a benefits versus, uh, you know, what could make AWS better. Um, and I think if, if, if I go on to, to one more, you know, we should look at um, unified CI/CD projects. You know, we've got AWS CodeStar. Um, CodeStar enables you to, you know, develop, build, and deploy applications in AWS itself. Um, I think it provides you, it provides a unified user interface um, where you can, instead of using your command line, you have an interface to now do your code activities, your uh, pipeline activities, you know, and allowing you to manage your tool chain um, from end to end. So it's sort of your interface into the rest of the um, native tools that that um, that is provided. Um, I mean, if we look at, you know, one of the other things if we look at is um, CloudTrail, you know, which is the monitoring and logging sort of, um, you know, built-in application as well, you know. So um, it's quite a it's quite a good good application, um, you know. But then again, it, it limits you to just using AWS, you know. Um, so it's always good to understand, you know, what are your limits and what are your benefits out of out of those native tools that you have at the moment. Um, I mean, I think, you know, overall, um, you know, depending on what you're trying to achieve is, you know, in, in some instances, people, um, like you mentioned, Martin, you know, some people prefer Azure, you know, um, some people prefer AWS, some people prefer open source tools, you know, so, I mean, at all mutual at the moment, we have a mix of um, Azure, we have a mix of open source, and we have a mix of AWS. Um, our aim is by end of 2021, we need to have the entire organization's um, applications running in AWS. You know, so that's where we're moving to, um, getting everyone skilled up, getting everyone to understand, you know, how we go about this journey. So, you know, bringing the tools into place, um, in uh, getting them to understand how to use it, getting the right skills of people. You know, so slowly, slowly, we're now moving and migrating everything into this direction um, and getting everything set up into AWS. Hmm. Okay, this is really interesting, and uh, and you know one one of the things that was going through my my head then is around, and um, you touched on it a little bit actually, is around the third party um, tooling and and the tooling that an organisation may have already established, and it, you know I think I think one thing that we often forget um, it, when we talk about DevOps is that while it's so natively aligned to the cloud for a number of reasons, you, you can practice DevOps and not have a cloud uh, yes. presence and be deploying on, on premises, right? So um, this is where a lot of organizations generally build up a tool chain of uh, third-party tools, so things like Jenkins, 
and um, you know uh, configuration tools like uh, Chef Puppet or Ansible and and all of those you know different tools in the various different stacks that are available. So how does um, how, how does AWS provide support for integrating those third party tools? Because you know I think that's the one big thing. One of the things I really like about um, what happens on the Microsoft side, and I assume it's the same on the AWS side as well, is that, that you know while the tools are there for you to use, you don't have to use them. If you've made your own investments in your own tooling, um, then you can use those same tools that you've spent a, a number of years building up yourself. Correct. Yes. So, so I think it's 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 very much similar. Um, you know, so it's, it's things like your Git, um, your Jira, as I mentioned. I mean, you don't. Um, you don't have to use what AWS gives you. You can use um, whatever whatever other tools you have. You know, so be it Ansible, be it Git, be it Jenkins. There are um, plugins and there are available um, hosting um, platforms that you can add it into AWS itself. You know, so it's, it's it's it doesn't govern you to only use AWS. They allow you the opportunity to use your open source platforms, as an example. Um, you know, so it gives you the view in terms of what AWS gives you at the end of the day. You know, so you are able to take what you have um, on site. So if you replicate a containerized environment, you know, using um, let's say OpenShift as an example, you know, so you have the opportunity instead of using EC2. Um, you have an opportunity to lift and shift OCP into AWS. It gives it an opportunity to understand that. Um, and there's a good, and there's a very good migration tool as well that helps you with some of the work, you know, to understand whether you're in the right direction or not. So it takes you on the journey to make you understand, um, you know, what it is that you can expect, um, when you go into AWS, you know. So once you're in AWS, um, you know, your container platform, your OCP platform is running there as an example. You know, that gives you an opportunity to now look at, you know, whether you go EC2 as a container platform or you look at going, you know, into, I think it's Lumba, which is, um, you know, completely serverless applications. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it, it allows you the opportunity to, you know, to go, to go expand on not just AWS, but, you know, use your tools that you have at the moment, um, you know, to get to that point or to get to your journey that you need to be. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and you know, what 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 about mixing those tool sets together? So uh, again, quite often you'll see a mix of uh, in-house tools on a platform use versus, um, you know, tools that you again might have built up yourself or you, you know your organisation or, or you as an engineer may have more of an affinity to based on your experience. So. Can, you know, can, can we mix and match our tool sets, for instance? Or can we use some of the native yeah. tools in um, AWS yeah. and then use third-party ones as well? Yeah, def- definitely. I mean, look, it, 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 what AWS provides you is a, I mean, if we have to equate it, you know, we look at it as a an open infrastructure environment, right? So mm-hmm. ideally, you, you pay for what you use, right? Sort of your pay as you go. Um, and that, and that allows you to now take what you have, um, you know, and align it into AWS. So if I have an in-house tool that's built, you know, to monitoring as an example, you know, I can see if at some point if it's illegible, right? One is we need to make sure that, um, it's illegible. The, the code is, that can be kept in AWS as an example. Um, you know, because sometimes legacy, and I'm, and I'm speaking, you know, things that are 20, 30 years old might not be relevant in AWS because you might, you might need to, you know, do a microservices, um, 
implementation before you even go in a direction, you know. So I think it, it allows you that opportunity to, you know, play with it and see whether it is a fit for you or not, you know. And I think that's a good thing that, 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 um, you know, that, that we went on the journey as well is, you know, we took five of our apps as an example, you know, small apps, um, migrated into AWS. Um, I think just two, about two or three weeks ago, we got into a point that we have our first serverless app that's running in AWS across all mutual itself, you know, so, so it, it's stuff that we've built in house and we're now running it in AWS because it allows us that flexibility, you know, to, bring in stuff that we as a team have built ourselves. Mm. Yeah, okay. And, uh, you know, just just moving on to, you know, man- management of um, uh, of resources. So so in Azure, we have um, Azure Resource Manager, which is responsible for, uh, which is the template language ultimately. It's the underlying API that you, you provision uh, resources against. So, in, in AWS, um, I, I think that translates into cloud formation. So, where, where does cloud formation fit into the to the whole tool chain that we've just been talking about? So, I mean, in, in light of moving that, I mean, it's very important that uh, you know we look at we look at cloud formation for managing your environments because ideally we're going from physically built or virtual machines into you know cloud machines now. So you're actually playing for you're paying for your compute space. And then a good thing there is, um, you know, you look at how much of the space you'd be using and how much of space does the application consume um, that that you can manage. And the good thing about cloud formation is that, you know, it's infrastructure as code. And that in, what that entails is that it gives you the opportunity to spin up environments when required. You know, you don't have to wait three, four weeks to get a, an environment built. Um, you have pre-configured environments. So when you spin it up, you know exactly what your state of the environment is. And your, your environments are always up to date because um, you're building from scratch. You're, um, you know, if you're building it in, if you're building it into EC2 as an example, it's building it up from scratch and your, um, containers are all up to date. Your your code is all up to date, etc. So that already, I think, is a good form in terms of what helps you in your testing as as well. You know, so when you're going down the journey and you're building new systems, you're building new environments. Um, you know, it's quick to just spin it up, test it. Um, you know, shut it down when you don't need it um, at at some point. You know, um, and I think one of one of the good things there as well is it. it in the DevOps journey, um, you know, this plays a very vital uh, vital part because uh, being able to spawn up environments as and when needed, and I think Martin, you can attest to this as well, is makes quite a quite an impact and, and a, mm-hmm. a delivery change in terms of me waiting three weeks to test something because of an environment versus you know being able to spawn it up within minutes. Um, and, I, and we've seen a lot of value from that, um, you know. Um, so be it, a, be, I know we got CloudFormation and we've got um, Terraform from HashiCorp that, um, that they also have a version. Um, you know, so we use, I use a bit of both at the moment. Um, you know, in the AWS, we're using CloudFormation. In um, my open source pipelines, we've got Terraform that we have at the moment, the, the community edition that we're using. Um, why we use Terraform? Um, is because it's open to all cloud platforms, you know, be it AWS, Azure, um, you know, whatever other cloud platforms they are there at the moment. Um, and cloud formation is just specific to AWS. 
um, you know, so, so at some point when we do go full AWS, then, you know, we will migrate everything into um, cloud formation. So I think, um, you know, the, the, the good understanding there as well is, is that, you know, irrespective of, of what you use, um, and how it works is, is, is that everyone needs to have a good understanding of it as well before you go ahead and do all of this. You know, there's a lot of people that I speak to, you know, say a lot of things and understand what, um, don't understand what, um, infrastructure as code is, you know, because they got a good basic understanding, but the in-depth of it and getting the value out of it is, you know, where AWS is strong in. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's really interesting you mention uh, Terraform through there as well. So, so same on the Azure side, really. We we have Terraform available to use to build our uh, resources. But where where would you start to use Terraform instead of CloudFormation? Are, are there some pros and cons to using each of those tool sets, or is it very much down to personal preference? So, so for me, it, it comes down to personal preference. Um, and what I've seen is because we've got AWS running on one side and we've got the older apps running in our pipeline, you know, which is, um, on premise. Um, the cloud formation doesn't work with on premise stuff. Um, so we had to use HashiCorp's, um, um, Terraform in order for us to do infrastructure as code. No. So I think it, it, it's also, it comes down to, um, you know, personal preference as well as um, whether it can work in the environment um, it's required to, you know. So that's the difference that I've seen having worked with it in the last couple of months. Yeah, okay. So that's it's an interesting um, spin on it. So, so obviously, you know, again, like we've said, not forgetting um, the on-premises environment. This is, you know, this is good uh, because Terraform lets you define both cloud and on-premise environments, whereas something like CloudFormation and the same with with ARM, actually, to be honest, will will not let you define anything outside of that cloud provider's environment. So this gives yeah. you the ability to make sure that you can. Um, you know, use one language to build environments in both, both worlds effectively. No, correct. Exactly. I mean, and I think, I mean, you, you're creating a DevOps pipeline and you want it to be easy and simple. I mean, hence why we go in that direction, you know, so making it complex, um, you know, isn't going to help change the way you want to work. So I think it, it, you know, it comes down to what also makes, makes the best um, or gives you the best value in terms of overall, you know, so looking at your overall estate, you know, what overall is going to help me achieve, um, you know, infrastructure as code, you know, be it cloud, be it um, on-prem, you know, be it virtual. I think it just depends on, you know, what is required at that point. Mm. Yeah, okay. You know, so, I mean, so, so if I give you now at the moment what we're looking at, because we've got some of our apps that have never been run in a container or in a um, microservices type environment before. Um, what we're doing now at the moment is moving that into OCP, which is our OpenShift environment, and then we're going to move OCP into um, AWS. So sort of a shift and lift, and then once we're in there, we'll then refactor and look at how we can move that into um, you know native itself. Yeah. Okay. That makes, that makes a lot of sense, and it's a good uh, strategy to, to make sure stuff doesn't get stuck on-prem, I guess, if you're looking to move as much to the cloud as um, possible. So, 
you know, what, one, one of the things that I, I quite often think about is how successful you can or can't be without um, implementing some DevOps methodologies on, on a public cloud provider. So whether it's Azure or AWS, uh, you know, uh, everything every, everything becomes so much more scalable in the in the cloud, and, and most companies now use um, uh, systems hosted on the cloud um, to, to be able to make sure that they can scale based on demand. Uh, and there's actually yeah. a lot of benefits that help smaller companies uh, compete with much larger um, pre-existing organisations. Which, which you know, for me, starts to ask the question: how how important is DevOps? As, as a concept to public cloud environments, I'm, I'm not sure what, what your take is on that. So I think I think there's 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 two parts to that, right? I mean, on the one hand, um, if we take um, Git, GitLab as an example, right? I mean, they have this end-to-end pipeline similar to um, what the Atlassian suite provides us, right? And they mm-hmm. very much so. They're DevOps driven, but they more from a, as you mentioned, it's a tool that's driving it, right? So it's not a, it's not a principle, but it's the actual tool that you get out of. You as a, as a team or as an individual still have to define what are your principles from a DevOps perspective, right? So I think when, 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 you know, the smaller organizations or the companies that are providing you with these sort of things are, um, you know, keeping it in mind, but I think it's up to you as an individual to then make sure that the practices are kept or, or are actually, um, you know, led within the organization um, in order for you to make the tool successful. Because if you, you know, as an example, I mean, if you don't have a process and if you just throw the tool in, nobody's going to know what to do with it, right? Um, so it's, it's always important to actually have that understanding from both sides. You know, just have a full view, have a person that, that gets an understanding and can do the training, you know, from not just a practice perspective, but also an end-to-end view. Right? So you get a, a, a full-on in-depth session to say, look, this is what my tool provides and this is how it implements and helps you with your DevOps practices. Right? So I think, you know, I've seen it in some places where people do keep in mind you know, the DevOps practices and some people don't. Um, but I think, you know, for me, if I had to build a tool, uh, you know, I'd, I'd want to keep it to a practice perspective because then you're building it for the person or for the company, for the organization, you know, and not just a um, open tool that you now have to go and configure differently. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes that makes a that makes a lot of, that makes a lot of sense, and um, you know I think uh, it's, it's a conversation I've had a few times recently. Actually, is do do we need DevOps to be successful? And and you know personally, I think the answers the answer is obviously no because <laughs> DevOps hasn't been around, or the, you know the the theory yeah. behind DevOps hasn't been around forever. Um, so of course you can be successful without it. I I think it just goes to prove that with better collaboration, you can go from being good to great. And, and I think that's where, it, you know, sometimes the the lines get a little bit blurred, should we say, between understanding what DevOps is and, and how it can add value to your business. Um, Correct. So I think, I think that's very, very important, um, you know, and, hmm. and out of everything, and not just DevOps, I mean, if you look at Agile, you know, you look at SAFE and all, all the frameworks in Agile, everything speaks about collaboration and how yeah. we carry that through, you know, all the way from your demand process or Exco all the way down into your delivery teams. And I think that's the one key thing that's kept constant across all of those processes. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. And I, I, I think it's sometimes understated how important that level of uh, collaboration and communication is between teams to, um, you know, I guess, enable and facilitate that level of success. Correct. Yeah. Definitely. So, you know, I just, I just want to finish up with uh, an expansion of, of what um, what we started with, actually. So right at the beginning, I asked you, what does DevOps mean to you? As, a, as an extension of that question to, to finish on, if I asked you that same question a few years ago, what, what would your answer have been? Would it have been different to what you said at the beginning of the conversation? I'm always interested to hear yeah. how people's understanding of DevOps has evolved the longer they've worked in, in that yeah. frame of mind. Look, I mean, my, my answer would have definitely been different. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I mean, before we even got to learn the term DevOps, um, you know, it, it was non-existent. And for me to, as it started coming along, you know, you sort of seen, okay, what is DevOps? You know, I don't really know what it is. Um, you know, I read one or two stories about it or what's coming. Um, but you, I didn't actually see the evolution of it to this point. You know, I mean, in the last five years, um, you know, you've actually seen it grow into something that has taken over in, in almost every company that I know, you know, in every business that I know. Um, you know, so going back, I mean, I would have not had the same outlook on what DevOps is at this point. Um, you know, so going through this whole process over the couple of years is, has defined what I think about it because it's, it's set the pace and set the tone of where DevOps is today. You know, five years mm -hmm. ago, there was, there was this dev and ops, you know, and we were still finger pointing between dev and ops because I was operations and then you get dev saying, no, your application server is broken, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then ops says, no, you missed the jar file, right? Go back in, in, in your boat, you know, so it was those things, you know, and then now that you actually look at it and you sit and, and it's actually good that you, you know, you pose the question because you sit and you go back and you look at the difference, you know, it's, it's created um, a more continuous environment and people actually work together a lot smoother, a lot faster now than they did five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I, I agree. I, I would even say, to be honest, um, uh, someone asked me this question back the other day. What does, <laughs> what does DevOps mean to you? And I, I should be more prepared for it, I guess, really, given I ask people every week. But I, I even yeah. said, you know, if, if you ask me what I thought of DevOps, even even 10 months ago, I probably would have given a different answer because there are there are things that happen through your day-to-day -day work within the DevOps space, and there are things that change with technology. There's obviously people changes within organization that teaches you something about other people in the team and, and how culture of that team changes depending on what happens, um, which involves your understanding and the things that you want to do with DevOps. I think it's really important um, that, that we start to highlight just that, you know, actually, guess what? <laughs> Even, you know, the, the people that understand this really well and do it for, for a living, because I know there's lots of people who, who still struggle with the concept of DevOps, but guess what? Yeah. We're, we're still learning every day um, uh, and we're still evolving what we think DevOps is and how it applies to different scenarios. Uh, and, you know, I think the key thing is to just make sure that that's not something that people are afraid of, that, that, that they can think one thing one week and even the week after they can understand it slightly differently as, as their yeah. experience evolves. No, exactly. And I think, you know, that that's the thing. It's, it's always changing, you know, and it's always adapting. And I think we as people need to make sure that we adapt in the way and 
um, you know, keep up to date. I mean, you know, not just from a tooling perspective, but also how do we constantly change our processes? You know, how do we better ourselves in order to get to a point that we understand what DevOps is um, or any other methodology for that matter? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I think that's a key, one of the key things I always try to tell people is remember, you know, remember, just like I tell, DevOps is a framework and it's there to adapt to your organization. And just as your organization changes, what you need to do with DevOps changes exactly. as well. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, and that's always important to keep in mind. Um, you know, you got to evolve as the, as the days go by. You got to evolve your processes. You got to evolve yourself. Um, you know, and, and that's one thing you, you shouldn't forget. You know, you can't just put the process down and expect it to work for 10 years. Yeah, you know, it, no. it has to change all the time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, you know, we've, uh, we've actually run out of uh, time, unfortunately, but um, I, I do just want to say thank you very much for your uh, time and your expertise. Thank you, Martin, for having me on. Um, I do appreciate it as well. No problem at all. Again, thank you for, for making the time. Appreciate it very much. And um, thank you everyone for, for listening um, as usual. So uh, we're going to be following up um, next week, actually, on, on microservices. And we're going to be talking to Trace Reagan, who is the CEO of Deploy Hub, uh, about what are microservices, how do they fit into uh, DevOps, and, and what does... What does the tool deploy hub bring to the party to help us with that um, microservices scenario? So I uh, hope you enjoy that one next week. But un until then, thank you again for listening.